Well, hello, hello, friends and listeners, and thank you so much for listening to the Red Button Podcast, a podcast based on real-life stories. I'm your host, Cheryl. For each episode, I've invited men and women throughout India to share their personal stories of good and hard seasons of life. To protect the privacy of some of my guests, the names will be changed. For today's episode, we will hear a story on how a friend had dealt with childhood trauma. She shares her powerful story on how her trauma had affected her adult life and the shame message that she had believed about herself. Hey friend, thank you so much for your willingness and openness to share your story with everyone here. And we had already discussed briefly on what you're going to share today, but you can start wherever you want to start. And so go ahead and take it from here. Hey, thank you so much for this opportunity, um, you know, to share about mental health, uh, you know, which is really increasing in this frenzied way, especially during this, uh, you know, unprecedented times. So I really uh, thank you, uh, you know, and um, yeah, so I want to talk, I want to go back and talk about my childhood uh, trauma. I want to talk about what happened uh, in my childhood, uh, which kind of, you know, created such uh, mental health uh, distress in me as I was growing up. Mm-hmm. So just to give you a um, bit context to how, you know, all that led to my mental distress, I will have to, uh, you know, talk about my childhood days. So as long as, uh, you know, I remember about my childhood or my uh, about my dad all my memories about him was fully uh, he was fully drunk and uh, or beating up my mom uh, my elder sisters you know these are the memories i have about my uh, childhood and about my dad and uh, so when he comes back from his work you know he comes back uh, totally drunk and you know all ready to fight with his family. And uh, so my um, evenings, you know, in my childhood days were filled with uh, fear, anxieties. And uh, and I remember every night I would pretend like I'm sleeping. Uh, so to avoid uh, beatings or, you know, shouting or pushing, you know, all that physical violence. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but invariably I get up uh, because of the screams and crying. Um, this was like, I think when I was about uh, nine, eight, you know, those age, uh, that young. And uh, those evenings were filled with uh, terror and uh, fear. And that was pretty much my childhood days, mm-hmm. you know. And um, uh, so, as I was in my adolescent age, you know, my father kind of decided one day and he told my mom that uh, he can't take responsibilities for the family. And he just walked away, uh, abandoned all of us. And uh, so there was, uh, there was a big vacuum in my heart. There was a big uh, uh, fear of uncertainty, fear of future, what's going to happen. Uh, and that is too much for a 10-year-old to go through. You know, that uh, sort of made me uh, become very lonely. Uh, 
you know, uh, very lonely and, um, and I stopped talking to people, uh, even within my family, I've stopped talking to my sisters and my mom. And all I was doing was, uh, you know, lying down on the, on the corner of my house and, uh, I was not eating properly and, uh, I was just, uh, I wanted to be left alone. Mm-hmm. How, were you ever um, close to your dad at all growing up? Um, not really. No, you weren't. Okay. You have no fond uh, memories of him or with him? No. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. Because, uh, yeah. Thank you. I think uh, it's because of the fear of all that, um, you know, beatings and you know, all of that physical violence kind of uh, kept me away from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that's hard. Heavy. Yeah, I can feel that you're also still carrying this a little bit even now. Yeah. Sorry, friend. Yeah. So how do you think that it has the trauma that you had experienced growing up affected your outlook on marriage and men? And how has it affected you? Um, So, um, because, you know, what I've seen the authority figure as someone who is, you know, overpowering or uh, having so much authority over you and can do whatever you want, that's the authority that I have seen in my in my life, not the right one, you know, love or grace or, uh, you know, being with you, you know, that's not what I've seen. Uh, so um, even as I was growing up, I was uh, sexually molested, uh, you know, abused uh, several times. And because what I've seen my father uh, being that kind of a authority uh, and uh, I just took it lying down. I thought it's all my mistake. I mean, it's all, you know, I, this is all I deserved. This is what I deserve. And, and I was just, I was becoming very submissive and uh, not in a good sense, you know, um, in one sense, like I just take it all down because this is what I deserve. This is what I'm worth. Uh, you know, that's what, so in my marriage it kind of played out because uh, I still remember the early, uh, you know, days, years of our marriage, like, you know, I, I can't trust him. I always believed one day he's going, my husband is going to leave me uh, because I haven't dealt with that childhood trauma, depression and anxiety in a right way. Uh, so that kind of confused me as a child, as a growing up, as a teenager, even well into adulthood. And I never trusted people. I always thought they're going to take advantage of me, my situation, my uh, vulnerability. And that kind of played out even in my marriage, uh, thinking that one day he's going to leave me just like my dad. Uh, So for the longest time, you know, every fight or everything, it's all because of my uh, not trusting my husband enough. You know, it's not nothing to do with him, but it's about uh, me uh, not having the right trust as a wife, uh, you know, in the, in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's... So at what point 
how long have you been married now? You're married for 20 years now. Oh, wow. Okay. So how many years do yeah. you think you realized that, when did that trust build, built, was built between you and your husband, that emotional trust? So, you know, as a child, uh, I started developing this um, struggle to breathe. You know, it was, it was a psychosomatic where, you know, you, you, it's not really happening in your uh, physical body, but, you know, it, it kind of shows, it expresses, the trauma kind of expresses on your body. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the symptoms or one of the things that I struggled with was like, I struggled to breathe and uh, they all thought I had, uh, you know, a wheezing problem and uh, we did all kinds of tests and then doctor said, no, she's fine. Uh, I don't know what's happening and, uh, you know, physically she's fine. And at that point uh, in India, you know, there were not many people who spoke about mental issues. You know, Mm -hmm. that was like a a taboo. It's like kept under shishu. It's not, you know, you can't talk about that. And and as a family, we were not aware of it at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I kind of uh, didn't go to uh, school for a year. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't go to school for a year because I didn't have, first, I didn't have confidence. Second, I was struggling to breathe. Um, and uh, that was kind of a distraction for me from dealing with the real trauma that was happening in, in, in my body. So that, um, so I, I mean, that was just happening throughout, uh, my few years of my, uh, childhood and I couldn't go for a year to school and I lost confidence and, uh, uh, I, I, as I grew up, I want to say that, you know, uh, after a long time, I started actually seeing a counselor because, you know, I felt something is wrong. You know, there, there are like a lot of cracks in my life. Uh, there are some gaps and I can't see and I don't know. And I started to seeing counts, uh, a counselor and I started to share all of this. And that's when she uh, kind of pointed out this is, uh, it, this is the impact of your childhood trauma. And she kind of dealt, uh, she helped me to deal with it. And then also uh, later on, I, I went on to do my PG in uh, psychology and counseling and all of that. So I understood that, okay, this is how it is. And this is the right way to deal with my uh, childhood trauma. Having said that, um, I would say that it's not gone 100%. That, you know, the body really keeps those traumas and sometimes it does uh, play out in my relationship with my husband or uh, my relationship with my children or even with friends. Like, uh, you know, not just about trust, but also about uh, are they after me for something? Mm -hmm. Uh, Or are they after me uh, to take advantage, you know, so these, these things keep, uh, happening and I push through it, but yeah, this is something that I think that's that's very insightful for you to be able to recognize that in yourself. So what do you do to fight against that thought? I think, uh, I, first of all, it, it gives me that self-awareness that, you know, this is not me. Uh, this is all because of what I've been through in my childhood. So I just uh, need to come back to my, uh, you know, that, that mindfulness of, hey, this is who I am right now. You know, this is not uh, me, like, 
uh, you know, 40 years back. This is me right now. So I need to come back and, and have to, uh, you know, train my mind, train my thoughts to say, these are the impacts, but this is not it, you know. So that's how I kind of keep talking to myself that, that this is uh, not me in my childhood, but this is me right now. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an adult and I can deal with it. Yeah. So it is just change of the way you think, yeah. uh, the way you see things and you perceive. And yeah, that's how I've been dealing and coping with, uh, with that impact. Yeah. Apart from, is there any other area of your childhood that you could see that how it has affected your adulthood? Apart from like your relationships, is there anything else that you can see yourself you know, it affecting your adulthood now? I think till about five years, like, you know, I, I was going through this whole thing, like having a very inferior, inferiority complex and mm -hmm. thinking that I'm not good enough. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not up to the mark. I'm not, I'm always lagging something. Mm -hmm. uh, so these kind of had yeah, a lot of effect on me, even as I'm well into adulthood. How is your relationship now with your parents and your family? So uh, my father, I, like I told you, like he abandoned and gone and I never saw him. And I just, we all came to know that he expired sometime back, you know, long, long time back. Mm -hmm. uh, that's all. And I've never seen him after that. But um, as a family, yes, uh, you know, because uh, my father left, we all came together, uh, together, and we are like very close uh, knit family, and uh, that kind of helped me in some ways as I was growing up. Uh, okay, you know we are all in this together, like because I had uh, two elder sister and one younger brother, brother, so that kind of um, helped me in some ways, uh, you know. But the only thing was because there was so much trauma each one went through it's just not me it's my mom it's my sister it's my brother so i never really spoke about uh, my own trauma to my family i never spoke about my abuse my whatever i've been through as a kid i just all gulped it all down um, that was my childhood so yes we were close-knit family but i kind of never opened up because they were already dealing with a lot of things, you know, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Um, so what advice would you give the listener of someone that is in your situation or as a friend that is going through what you have gone through? Like, what are some practical do's and don'ts of what they should say or what they should do or should say or not say or should do or not do? You know, like, what is something that you would say? I think that's a very good question because uh, it is so important uh, to talk about, uh, you know, what is happening in you and also through you. Mm -hmm. uh, see, in those days in India, we, I mean, mental health was like not really heard of. Uh, and also it's a big stigma. Like uh, when you say mental health, it means you're mentally disabled you will be put on chains in the mental asylum. So that's what the idea we had. But right now, 
that has changed quite a bit. You know, people are coming up and sharing about their depression, a lot of things. So I think uh, given the uh, situation, given the time that we live in, uh, it is so, so important to talk about uh, our, you know, mental distress. Maybe as a person, you may not understand what you're going through. You think that you something is confusing you, something is wrong with me. I think it is when that you need to talk to someone who has a knowledge on this. You know, it's good to talk to your parents. It's good to talk to your friends, but it's also good to talk talk to and also seek help from a professional counselor. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, sometimes parents don't understand and they think that, okay, this is all, uh, you know, it's all because of your work or it's all because of the stress that you're going through. You know, they try and find a reason to it and they really don't understand what the kid is going through or even an adult is going through. But that is where we have to take our kid or even if it's an, if he or she is an adult, then they should seek help of a counselor to find what is actually happening in you. And, find, uh, and what that helps is that uh, you get the right coping skills. You know, what happened in my life, I just gulped it all down and I took it all lying down. And that kind of had a trickle effect on me as a childhood. But if we learn, if the person who's going through this learn to have a right coping skills, it will have, it'll just do wonders in their lives later on. So mm -hmm. I would strongly recommend to seek help and also talk about it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, first share with your family and friends. Don't hesitate what is happening. It's Let's not reason this, okay, this is because of this or this is because of this. We don't know actually what is, why is this happening and why am I behaving in a certain way? Or, you know, let's not try to name it, but rather go and, you know, take help from people, professional uh, people. Can you think of one practical coping skill that helped you? Thanks for asking that question. The one person who changed me from inside is uh, Jesus. As I was growing up, I was stuck uh, in a very unhealthy pattern of coping with stress or hurt or pain. And uh, so what I used to do was I used to isolate myself and not letting anyone come closer to me. I was a moody uh, loner and uh, when uh, you know Jesus healed me when he came into my life and he helped me uh, change my personality from being a loner to a joyful person. Uh, he healed my deep wounds and um, pain. People who interact with me will never tell now I was a loner once, you know. Um, every time I'm overwhelmed, even now, I immediately go to Jesus and have a real conversation with him. After I do that, I find uh, strength, I find um, healing and love uh, coming back to me. So, you know, uh, this has been my uh, go-to, you know, coping skill. This has been my go-to. Uh, place for healing uh, and uh, you know joy no that's so good thank you so much is there anything else you want to add I think uh, I mean sometimes we don't understand what we are going through 
uh, it kind of confuses us. It kind of pushes us, you know, to a place where we really can't put our acts together. And uh, that's when I think the family and friends are so important uh, to take this person seriously and give all the love uh, that they need. I mean, any kind of advice or any kind of suggestion, any kind of, you know, kind of makes this, uh, the person who's going through this mental distress already feels like I'm not doing good enough. And on top of that, all the advice and suggestions kind of make it even more, uh, uh, you know, like, oh, this is all true. It's even more make them uh, like, I'm not good. I think uh, we, you know, in India, we need to stop giving advice to such people who are already in the Maria, I was just like thinking how important it is that, how important it is that we all develop a skill to just be an expert at listening. Yeah. And not so quick to provide like advice. Advice is great. Not that they need that, but sometimes some people just need someone to just listen. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So important. I mean, I mean, I, I know like, you know, when I was going through the entire episode and as a childhood, I was just keeping quiet because one is there was no one to listen to because you know, everyone are busy and, you know, in their own traumas and grow in their own things and nobody was there. And as, as a confused child, I had to, you know, keep it myself. And so it is so important to listen to people, really listen. Yeah. Friends, I hope you felt encouraged and less alone. Please talk to someone if you are struggling. There is hope in every situation. And remember, you are right here, right now, created for a purpose. You matter and your story matters. Please follow us on Instagram under Red Button Podcast. Leave us a message on Instagram if you have any topics that you would like to hear more about or if you'd like to share your own story. Thank you again for joining us, and I really hope to see you next time.